0: This episode is brought to you by The Copywriter Club in Real Life, our live event in San Diego, March 12th through the 14th. You can get your tickets now at thecopywriterclub.com slash TCCIRL.
1: What if you could hang out with seriously talented copywriters and other experts, ask them about their successes and failures, their work processes and their habits, then steal an idea or two to inspire your own work? That's what Kira and I do every week at The Copywriter Club podcast.
0: You're invited to join the club for episode 173 as we chat with CPA, author, and business advisor Eric Solbakken about launch failures and launch echoes, the three lies business owners tell themselves about money, how to rethink the outdated business models that consultants and copywriters use today, and the biggest game changers in his business. Welcome, Eric.
1: Hey,
2: Eric. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, Eric, we heard you speak at LaunchCon this past November, and you were personally one of my favorite presenters uh, with all of your energy and your rock and roll vibe. So we knew we <laughs> needed to have you on the show.
2: That's awesome. Thank you so much. I, I, you know, it was funny too because like when I was up on stage and when we had the little Q and A afterwards, me and Michael Walker with jeff walker no no relation um and we had a little q a afterwards i was still looking at michael going like how the hell did we get up here like i mean we like i was still shaking my head going like i mean i just joined this online world a couple years ago and and i was at you know a jeff walker event watching all these you know i call it rock star these star uh, online business owners going oh my god i need to create this business i need to create an online business and i you know nothing and next thing i know two years later there it's me and another uh, you know, newbie sitting on stage doing a Q and A with Jeff Walker himself on stage. It was uh, it was a little surreal. So,
0: yeah. Well, let's start this off with your story. How did you end up as an author, business advisor, creator of the Accountant Success Formula? How did you get into all of this?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I think it's like with anything in life, people seem to think um that you know their their life plan is is or people that are successful or when they fall into who are you know they get into successful successful situations that they had it all planned out and it's not even close to being the truth like i mean literally i never could have imagined that i would be doing what i'm doing right now uh when i first started out because i mean we're like i take it back i um back in 1988 i'm gonna take it way back i was in i was in high school hair metal was big at the time. So I had the you know, the long hair and all the rest of it. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I took an accounting course and I was really good at math. And all of a sudden I was like, hey, I could I can make a living being an accountant, like out of all the things in the world to be, right? And so I I ended up from that point forward, I was hundred percent that was what I was going to do. I was going to be an accountant. And so I you know went to university, did all that, became a partner in a firm. Um my partnership went south. I ended up starting up my own practice. Uh, and then I ended up selling that accounting practice. And then I tried, and then I was looking for a way to, um, I I was trying to figure out who I wanted to be when I grow up. Let's put it that way. And I went to a Jeff Walker event and I found this online world and I was like, Oh my gosh, what is this? What is this? These people that are making money, like writing their ideas and, and, and doing copy online and selling courses and doing it from their, you know, doing it from their bedrooms and their, and their, and, and, and from the beach, you know, that was a big dream for me just sitting from the beach and making money. Um, and so, uh, but I didn't even have a business idea in mind when I first decided to go after, uh, this online model, this world or build a business. I didn't even have one. Like I didn't even have an idea for what I was going to do, but I just knew I wanted to be a part of it. And so then I started uh, diving into Jeff Walker's uh, product launch formula, the program so I bought his i I bought his uh you know two thousand dollar program and I studied it and I studied it and he kept talking about this uh reluctant hero, like the journey of the reluctant hero and uh and that seemed to be me because I had a, a bunch of accountants asking me how I ran my accounting practice and how i had had this incredible life as an accountant right like i was i I did no overtime when i when i had my new account my accounting practice the second one and they couldn't believe it like and then i easily sold it and i was like still a young buck i mean i'm i'm gonna be 50 this year so i mean i sold it uh, about four years ago now and they were like how did you do that how did you get out and then i started going aha maybe there's something here maybe i can start training accountants and showing them the new model that i have and that's when it started and basically learning and and here's the kicker learning how to write copy and how to actually sell something because i never had sales training as an accountant like if you ever talk to accountants suck at sales they're horrible at it (laughs) and i was but going through jeff walker's training program and how to build a business it all is around the copy and how you how you sell the transformation and how you get the hook and the story and 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 yeah, anyways, that's, and so next thing I know, I built this business, um,
1: from scratch out of nowhere. So we definitely want to dig into the business that you've built today and the kinds of things that you, you know, the way that you've structured your business, especially for payment. And even we want to talk, I think a little bit about, um, separating how we charge for the services that we render from the value uh, that people perceive, you know, because I think there's so many similarities between, you know, accountants practices and copywriters practices. But before we get to all of that, uh, Eric, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about uh, how you were able to extract yourself from this business, where you were working hours for clients, and then you've created something that, the, again, you've separated time from the value that you deliver. Can you talk a little bit about that and your thought process there.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I kind of I zipped past that. When I I did eighteen years in a traditional accounting firm, and I became a very a partner at a very young age, and I did the traditional accounting approach. Right. Work as many hours as possible. Crank out as many tax returns as you possibly can. Have no life during tax season. And, um, it was almost like the person who build the most hours wins. And that was the approach. And so when my partnership went South and, and it collapsed and I had to go restart my, my new business, my new accounting firm business, I decided I'd had enough of the model. I said, this is ridiculous working for, you know, punching in a time clock and timesheet, and then fighting with my clients for a bill after the fact, you know, do all this incredible hard work for the client and then you give them a bill after the fact and they don't have a clue how hard it is for you to do the, all the work. And then them being, you know, complaining about the bills. It was just, I'd had enough of it. So what I did is I switched over to uh, a value pricing model and, a, and more of a subscription based model now that I show the accountants how to do in the account success formula. And basically I agreed to a price ahead of time with the client and they would pay me on a monthly basis, but I would pull it from their bank accounts, like an ACH payment, like a preauthorized debit, we call it here in Canada. I pull it from their account. So it's like, just like paying a mortgage or paying a car payment or anything, you don't even have to give a client a bill and then chase them for money and that sort of thing. And what I found was my clients loved it because they knew how much they were going to pay. And because I also smoothed out their cash flow over the year, even though I wasn't necessarily doing work for them every month, I would do their year-end taxes and the rest of it, but I still smoothed it out over the year because I gave them that they were willing to pay me a lot more. Like that in itself, that payment system had incredible value, which then made me go, wait a second, maybe the amount of time I spend on something isn't what it's worth. And it's what they actually get out of it. And that started me on that little road. And we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, the three lies that, that um, accountants believe. And I believe all business owners, service-based business owners um, fall into the same category. Um, and so what I did is when I switched over to a value pricing model and a, and a subscription-based model, my revenue went through the roof and my hours worked dropped. And so I was able, and then I, and then I did, you know, a lot more working inside the model, like making sure I had the ideal client, cleaned up my inventory of clients and started to kind of niche myself as well, which are all standard kind of business practices. But the basic thrust of it came from, uh, from getting away from a billable hour model.
0: What was your process for figuring out the new business model? Because it it probably didn't happen overnight. And it came out of the frustration of the first business. But once you sat down and you were like, I need to figure out a better way to do this. How did you map it out? What did that process look like?
2: Yeah. So this, is this, again, this is where, um, especially for an accountant, we need to seem to have this, like this roadmap, this clear map of exactly where we're going to go. I didn't, I actually went full on entrepreneur. I basically read every business book I could, I tried, I tested and tried a whole bunch of different methodologies and was acting like a real entrepreneur. Um, there was some bumps and bruises along the way. And, uh, but now I have a methodology that I show other accountants how to do, and I could show other business owners the same way too, about how to build it. But what I, what I, so I kind of, I can reverse engineer it for you now. I go backwards. I go from, okay, how much money do I want to make? Back to how many clients do I want to serve, basically within the constraints of how many how much time I want to be spending inside my business. So I have a lifestyle that I that that works for me. And then the difference between and then it's simple math. The amount of clients, then here's how much I have to charge each client, gets me to my revenue model, which then gives me my net income. So it's all backwards as opposed to going, well, I'm going to charge, you know, what does the market say? Well, the market says that uh, you know, accountants or a, let's talk about copywriters charge $120 an hour. And so therefore I'll need to work X amount of hours to make this much revenue. So therefore I'm going to need, I have to keep chasing these billable hours to get my revenue model to work. Instead, I worked it the other way and went, well, what's my revenue model that I want? How many clients do I want to work with? Do
1: the math backwards. So you've mentioned it, uh, and I think I've referred to it as well, let's talk about the three lies. What are the three lies that business owners, whether it's accountants or copywriters, are telling themselves about the money that they're earning?
2: Yeah, so the, and this and again, so the, what happened after, after I did this model myself, and then I took Jeff Walker's the marketing uh, the training that he gives, right, a lot of in both, is I started to started to formalize and realize what had happened to me in the past it's not like i realized it back then it was almost like it it came to me in an aha moment during doing copy and that's why i'm i'm very passionate about learning how to actually write copy <laughs> and so when you when you both talked to me about being on the podcast i was like yeah i'm all over this cuz i think it's incredibly powerful because until you can know how to sell something you don't have a business like you're done in the water right so what i did is i came back and i came back to the realization that there's three lies driving uh most service-based business owners and for the accountants i'll do it specifically for accountants is that one they think their worth is based on how many hours they work so that means the only value that i bring to the table is how many hours i work for you so if you come in to talk to me for a half an hour i'm going to charge you for a half an hour of my work if you if i work five hours for you i'm going to charge you for five hours of my work but the thing. The the flip side of this is doesn't make sense because someone could come in from from accounting perspective. I could give them an incredible tip or some sort of strategy that could make them a million dollars just for shits and giggles. Okay. Call it a million dollars. Is that worth a half an hour of my time?
1: Is that worth like 60 bucks? If I'm making a million and you're charging me 60 bucks, it's worth my 60 bucks for sure. (laughs)
2: Well, it's you, you're getting a ridiculous return on investment or for exactly. example, someone comes in and, and I go in and I do five hours of work for a client and it loses them money. And like, so, so when it comes back to the copy, when you think about this and, and this, and we'll get into the value pricing part of it is like from a copywriter's perspective, if you give someone some amazing copy that has incredible leverage, especially in the online world, it's like, if you, you just get that right, le, that right copy in place, boom, the client can make a million dollars. Well, is it worth an hour of your time to give them that copy? Like, does that make any sense? Like if, if you came up to someone and said, if you pay me $120, if you give me $120, you'll make a million. They'd go all day long. Well, would they, not, would they not also say, if you said, okay, pay me a hundred thousand, you'll make a million. Would you do it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right.
2: So then why are we charging $120 for our time? it doesn't make any sense. So, and, and so that's part of it. And so the other, the other little part of the first lie that, that our worth is based on how many hours we work creates a a vicious cycle in every service-based business owner where they end up working themselves to death because it's a self-worth issue. If I'm not working super hard hours, I'm not a worthy person. Do you follow me? Like it gets to a deeper core level.
1: Yeah, that's definitely it, mindset stuff, right?
2: A very big time mindset. And it really becomes part of your persona and who you are. So if you're not working super hard hours all the time, you start not feeling worthy as a person. And it's ridiculous. Like it's just, it's, it's corrosive. It's corrosive. Okay. So let's talk about, there's the first lie. Second lie is that we believe that our clients are naturally price sensitive to our services. Especially with accountants, they they really think clients are price sensitive because accountants start thinking, well, the way that I bring value to my clients is by saving them money. I save them money. I'll save you taxes. I'll save you taxes. You see these accountants out there. They're always like, I save you taxes. I'll save money on your taxes. I'll save you taxes. Well, what if you're pounding that into your client, then all of a sudden you're naturally going to think, well, then my clients are price sensitive because they're trying to keep their costs down and part of their costs is my fees. And therefore you've now got yourself a conflict of interest in your head.
1: And again, I think copywriters are in the exact same boat in, in this yeah. case is that we think that our clients are very price sensitive. Right. But here's
2: the, here's the, here's the kicker. And I, and, and, so it, the funny thing is even, um, you know, for the short period of time, I've been, uh, in this, in the model here, I've, I've wrote a book called the accountant success formula, uh, freeing today's accountant from an oppressive business model. I have an example in there where I say, okay, you actually make your clients price sensitive. Because what you end up doing and for accountants, and I'll just put it as the accountant's perspective and then we'll shift it over to, to copywriters. The accountant, you go in to see the accountant and then you say, I've got this problem. And the accountants start saying, well, it's this and there's this technical thing and it's really difficult and this is difficult and blah, 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 blah. And you're all focused on the strat and you're like, okay, well, how much is it going to cost? And then the next word out of their mouth is, oh, well, I charge you by my standard billing rates. Uh, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. How much, you know, $250, $300 an hour, whatever they say. And instantaneously, you as a client sit there and what's your next thought? I hope it doesn't take them very long.
0: Right. How many hours is this going to take?
2: And so you've just instantly created a price sensitive client. You've got them focused on the price and the cost. And the only way they're going to be happy is if the cost is low. But that's not what you want your clients to be happy about. You want your clients to be happy and focused on the outcome. You want them focused on the results they're going to get as a result of working with you. The price that you charge is just, a function of the return on investment. So, it, if, you're, if you've got your clients focused solely on keeping the price low, they, then you've created a price sensitive client. And this is why billing by the hour creates price sensitive clients. Because to, as soon as you tell someone you charge them by the hour, they're instantly think, oh God, I hope it doesn't take them very long. Instead of selling them on the outcome, selling them on what they want, what's the true transformation they're looking for. And, and the funny thing is, this is all copy. Like this is all the stuff that Jeff teaches in the product launch formula. It's like focus on the transformation. And when we're looking at copy for, for, for our businesses and our business owners and our, your, your copywriter's clients, you're trying to get them more clients and more business. Well, you're trying to tell them to sell the transformation, sell the result of working with you as opposed to focusing on the cost. Well, then why do we turn around and do it ourselves?
0: So what is the last lie?
2: Well, the last one is for accountants is that tax time just has to suck. (laughs) And so those are the three lies for the accountants, that their worth is equal to how many hours they work. Number two is that their clients are naturally price sensitive to their services. And three, that tax time just has to suck. Now, I've switched that around in the presentation that you saw um, at LaunchCon. I put down and and that we just accept that launches have to suck because my launches suck. And so but I still have a business even though my launches suck. And you could switch that around that third one. You could interchange it for whoever you're working with. And so, you know, for for like like what 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 would be an example
1: of something that would suck for the copywriters that they accept? Like what would be what would be one of them? We definitely hear a lot of people talking about just how clients suck and working with clients <laughs> sucks, which isn't is usually not true, but
2: right. Well, that's I think that's a function of how they're billing their clients. For sure. Because when you think about it, that working with clients sucks. Well, what part of working with the client sucks?
0: Feeling undervalued and underpaid.
2: Uh, Bingo. So it all comes down to one and two, right? And so maybe we could say is that number three is they just, they're just accepting that being a copywriter has to suck.
0: Right, right.
2: Think about that. Because this is where, you know, lie number three for the accountants is that they're just accepting That their life as an accountant has to suck I just I hone it into tax time but when you think about it they just accept that hey if this is the job that I'm taking then it just has to suck so that if as a copywriter if you're if you're if you're accepting that just being a copywriter just has to suck then you're in the wrong mindset and so those three lies infiltrate and affect negatively affect your business on multiple levels
0: so what do we do next with it? If, you know, someone listening is hearing you share these lies and they're like, yes, I agree with you that these are lies I'm telling myself, but there's this big mindset change that needs to take place. How do, how do you help people with the mindset piece of it that most struggle with?
2: So with, with, um, with the product, with the, the copy that I'm using in my, in my product launch. Uh, approach or and especially with accountants is that any problem to solve any problem takes four steps okay there's four steps in in this number one is realizing there's a problem number two is making a decision to do something about it number three is finding a solution and number four is implementing that solution so that's a simple call it four-part problem solution path right Well, the first thing you have to do is realize there's a problem. For most business owners, for most copywriters, for most accounts, all of them, they don't even realize they're under the influence of these three lies. So just by knowing that these three lies are, are operating in your head and in your business and in your psyche, you're already on the way, right? Yep. So that's number one. Just realize that these three lies are affecting you and then going, okay. Now, number two, you need to make a decision. You can know that they're affecting you, but you got to make a decision. Or are you going to do something about it? And if you are, and then you decide, yes, I am going to do something about it. Now you're empowering yourself to actually do something about something, right? It's that, um, so, so now number three is finding a solution. What is the solution? Well, let's talk about some of those solutions right now right and then we can you, we can give these solutions and then say here's some solutions you can you can do and then they then they got to go out there and implement them and now you then you're on you've completed the four steps of the problem solution path so let's talk about this let's talk about your worth is equal to how many hours you work let's talk about that lie what is an op- opposite approach to that well billing by the hour is a direct, is, is um, shall we call it a reinforcer of that lie, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. So then what is the alternative to that? What is the solution against that? Could be value pricing. And I talked about this in the presentation. And what do I mean by value pricing? Value pricing is setting your price for your services that have no bearing to how many hours you spend on it. So this could be a set price from the front end, you could say, okay, for this, cop- for this piece of copy that I'm going to write for you, it's going to be $1,000, right? And the client will pay you $1,000. You could have already had the copy written. You could have already written it once before, but then they'll pay you $1,000 for that. There's a value pricing approach. So it has no bearing to how many hours you're spending because they're paying you for this asset or for the solution. The other part, value price. And so value pricing isn't necessarily attached to your hours spent. But again, it can, can sometimes feel uncomfortable because we're under that lie. Now think about this from a, from a deeply psychological perspective. If we think our worth is based on how many hours we work, if we start getting paid for more than our per hour rate, we can start feeling uncomfortable. Right. It can almost feel almost wrong. Like you're cheating. You're cheating. But here's, here's something I have for you. I actually believe that you're in a conflict of interest if you charge your clients by the hour. Think about this. You have a business, you're trying to, prof, you're, you're trying to maximize your profits, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Your clients have a business and they're trying to maximize their net income as well, which means managing their costs, correct? That's correct. So therefore, you're inherently in a conflict of interest if you build them by the hour because you're going to want to maximize your hours. And they're going to want to minimize your hours. You instantly have conflict between each other. There's an an adversarial relationship between you and your clients. No wonder you you don't like working with your clients because you're in an adversarial relationship. So how about instead agreeing to a price ahead of time where they know the price, they know how they agreed to it ahead of time, you agreed to the price ahead of time. Now there's no, there's no, that adversarial piece is gone. Just an
1: example. And you've done it differently in your business. You don't charge the well. I think you do charge a small fee up front, but you also take a, a piece of the value that you create. We talked a little bit about yeah, that.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, of course, and that's where I was going to get to that, Rob. I was going to go to the next piece. So that was just I was just giving you an example of just setting a price ahead. It's something simple, right? A simple, a simple approach where you yeah. just agree to a price ahead of time, as as opposed to a billable hour model. And then, so the other part is when you're the other part of value pricing is. C- capturing the value. So getting your price as close to the value as possible without going over, I call it the price is right. Okay. Think about it. You're trying to get the client has a certain value in their mind of what, what the value is worth of the services you're going to provide. And so you want to get your price as close as possible to that. Now, if you're not really sure what the value is, because there's a potential kick down the road, like let's say, for example, you write a piece of copy and it all of a sudden it makes them a million dollars and you agreed to get $1,000 for, for that piece of copy, you're going to have left a ton of value on the table. So instead, what you can do is take a percentage of upside. And that's where I've done with the account success formula because the model that I, when I, once I show the accountants how to change the business model and change the pricing and the approach, which again, we could do to any business owner, show you how to change the, the pricing and approach to your model, they increase their revenue, their net income by 50% like instantaneously, like they get an uplift of 50% on their revenue line, which hits their bottom line because there's no offsetting cost to it. So because of that, I've take a percentage of that upside. I say it's, uh, for example, what I, I did in the, um, in the presentation that you saw, I call it 10, 10, 10. So it was $10,000 down, 10 grand a month and 10% of upside. And so this is, I have a coaching model with them. So I do a coaching model. So the 10 grand down is kind of like, Okay, this is the original, the you know the initial payment. Then they pay me ten thousand a month for ongoing coaching services, and then they pay me ten percent of upside because once they start making those upsides. So if you have an accounting firm that's got you know they've got a million dollars in billings, and all of a sudden the next year they've got one point five million, they've made another five hundred thousand dollars. They're going to pay me ten percent of that five hundred thousand. And so this this is really applicable, especially to the copy world when you think about it. Because a, the right piece of copy can have an incredible leverage effect. So you can become more of a partner with them, I guess, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, let's say I want to do this. I want to have the, something similar to the 10-10-10 model, become a partner with clients. Um, it's new to me, and I have to explain it or sell it to the client to get their buy-in. This is where copywriters, you know, many of us struggle with the sales piece of it. So how... How do you explain the model or sell it on a sales call? I know that's something that you teach to accountants. How would you describe that to copywriters?
2: Right. So I, again, so just for clarity too, when it comes to accountants selling, they don't very rarely will go on to a, a contingency base because there's a lot of, there can be some um, uh, regulations against them taking percentage of upside. It's like, like I know in some jurisdictions, Addictions. you can't take a percentage of the tax refund because it's they just don't let you do that so but let's just talk about so that's put that aside for the copywriters when they are selling and i'm let's first take this first thing out i don't like using the word selling because accountants and this is probably because of me as an accountant sale is or sell is a four-letter word to an accountant it feels slimy there's a bit of a slimy used sales car person feeling and that's just could just because of the way i am and as an accountant so i've turned it around and said never sell never sell ever what you do is you present an opportunity for the person to work with you and show them the value that's there and if they like that and they want it then they accept it so um it, there's, these, like, there's these five phases of business development when it comes to building any business. There's five phases. And it goes like this. Visibility, credibility, profitability, sustainability, scalability. Those are the five phases. And so the first two, visibility and credibility, are completely within our control. And that's where copy comes in. We are being visible and credible to those that we're trying to sell to. And that's all we're doing is we're trying to be visible and credible. Here's an opportunity. Here's what I have to offer you. If the value's right for the price, they're going to accept it. Profitability is completely in the hands of the owner, of the, of the client. Like say you're the client you're trying to sell to. It, that's, their, that's their choice, whether or not they're going to buy from you. But the first two are completely in our, our, in our shall we call it, in our control. Now when I know that those are in my control, what am I trying to sell to the person or what am I trying to present to them as the opportunity? I'm focusing on the result. I'm focusing on the transformation that's going to happen to them as a result of me working with them. So instead of telling them how much time and effort I'm spending on their file or I'm how many coaching sessions they're going to get and all the rest of that, I'm like, okay, what is your accounting practice going to look like? In a year from now, when you've got all your clients on a monthly retainer, automatic, you're not ever having to give another bill. Imagine never having to issue another invoice and waiting and hoping a client pays, or having a client complain about a bill. You've got consistent monthly cash flow coming in, automated, and you're making way more money than you ever did in the past, and you're working half as many hours. What do you? What, well, what does that look like to you? And they're like, that sounds like heaven. I'm like, well this is where we're going this is where i'm going to take you and so when you're working with your clients have them focus on the transformation that's happening that's going to happen as a result of the work you're doing so for example for me you know if you came up to me and said look eric you're you're starting this online business i want to be your copywriter picture this you never have to write another piece of copy you can go focus on the things that you love to do in your business which is you know you got to talk to me and find out what i love to do i love to speak Like I love to get on stage and speak and the rest of it. Well, here, Eric, I'm going to do the, I'm going to write the copy for you. You just get to go up and do what you love to do. And it's going to convert X amount of the room as opposed to in the past, you were converting half the room or, you know, a small percentage of the room. Now you're going to double or triple your conversion. You can just focus on the thing you love to do. You're going to make way more money and not have to do this copy work that you don't necessarily like to do. Do Do you see where I'm getting at?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely makes sense. And
2: so, but. So there's one other thing I just want to I I cover off on here. There's a little acronym that I use in the account success formula called KYC. It's know your client. When you're looking at value pricing, when you're looking at having the client focus on the outcome of the transformation or the result that's going to happen to them as, as a result of you working with them, you have to know them. You can't just go and say, well, Eric, here's all these wonderful things that you're going to get as a result of this. And if you don't know who I am, I'm gonna go, well, I don't care about that stuff. So you can't just go with a canned sales pitch into a conversation with somebody, trying to value price them or getting them to focus on a transformation because you don't know who, who they are or what they're trying to get to. So, so when it comes to working with clients, take the time to know your client, take the time to have a conversation with them to find out what really matters to them. Find out what they're really trying to accomplish as a result of you working with them and, and bigger, bigger picture. Like, what are you trying to build here? Like, so if you came in to talk to me, you say, Eric, well, what are you really trying to build here with your, with the accountant success formula? What's your, what's your goal? What's your vision? And I might start, Oh, I want to, you know, I want to end suffering for all accountants and impact millions of lives. Right. And, and I want to build this thing. And you've got me focused on the future. And I start telling you, giving you all this information, telling you what matters to me most. You take that information into account as you're having the conversation with me. You process that and then, and then turn around and sell me that solution that I just gave to you. There's this, um, um, there's this three C's that I um, use in, this, in a sales conversation. It's called create, connect, capture. Create, connect, capture. Create is, and this is all about value, create the value then connect the value, then capture the value. So how do you create the value in a sales conversation with a client? You don't create the value, the client creates the value. You start talking to the client and finding out what their pain points are. You find out what their hopes and dreams are and you have them explain it to you in their words what they're looking to get done. And so once they do that, you then tell them, what will your life look like in the future when this happens? So you have them almost explaining the story to you, what, what the world will look like. So if it's a pain point of going, I just can't do the copy. It's really painful. I'm, I'm, I, I, I just, I'm trying to do all this other thing in my business. When you say, well, okay, so what would it look like in the future when you don't have to write another piece of copy and you can just go up on stage and, and perform, Eric? What is it going to, oh, that would be fantastic. I would feel light and refreshed. And all of a sudden you can see in my voice, you can hear in my voice, you can see it on my body that all of a sudden I'm going, this is going to be amazing. Like I've transformed myself to the future of what I'm going to feel like once you've done the service that you're going to do for me. I've almost, you can almost picture the value being created in front of your face you see that just kind of coming in front of you as soon as you do that now you do it a step step two which is connect the value and then you say i will my what i'm going to provide you for my services will get you to that desired solution to that end point not i will do this, this 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 laundry list of all the things you're going to do which is which is normally what a lot, most business owners do is they try and laundry list out all the stuff they're going to do, as opposed to just saying, "Hey, that solution you want, that that transformation, we're going to get you that transformation." I'm going to. That's what my services do. They provide you that transformation. That's the connection, and then the capture part is putting an agreement with them, which captures the value right away. So instead of billing by the hour and after the fact, you say, "Okay, boom, it'll be five thousand dollars a month." Let starting right now let's go or it'll be a a percentage of upside or that sort of approach
0: and then what about the close
2: no so there's or is that the
0: close that's no so
2: you've got cat you've got create you have the client create the value so first of all client talks about the pain point or the the desired result and then you get them to explain to you first the pain point or the desired result or their hopes and dreams. Then you have them tell you what it's going to look like in the future once it's attained. That's to create. Then connect is you connect your services to that solution. Then capture is having the agreement that captures that value right then. Gotcha.
0: So capture so is the close on this call.
2: Yeah. And I don't, like, I don't like using the word close. I use capture. You capture the value you're looking to capture the value. So the only way you can capture the true value is by having the, the price get as close to the value as possible without going over, which is like the price is right. So you want to capture a value as high. So what if I'm in a conversation with someone, the client's totally excited. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I can do this. Da, 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 da. It's like, okay, well, it's $10,000 now. Sign a piece of paper. We're done. We'll go. And they're excited. Yeah. Okay, done. They sign it. They've agreed to the price because the price did not go over the value in their mind.
0: Yeah. And I love this because it is so many sales calls I've conducted myself. It's about my process. I talk about what I'm going to do for them and how I work. And I ask them questions, of course, but I never really get to the transformation and ask these questions. So this is a really good new way of thinking about what we're asking on these calls and what we're reflecting before we share, before we capture and um, present our solution to.
2: Yeah, but and and again, be even when you present the solution, I almost don't even talk about all the extra stuff. Like we always get we 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 get too focused on the stuff as opposed to going, here's my services will get you that salute, will get you the desired result. Here's the agreement, sign here, let's go. And you don't even go through I will do this, I will do that, I will do this, I will do that. That's very self-centered. It's not about us, it's about the client.
0: And before we move on from this, you mentioned one mistake is that you don't actually learn about your client and understand what they like. So you're not reflecting the right information. You're not really listening or asking the right questions. But what are some other mistakes we should watch out for if we're using this type of model and this type, creating this type of conversation?
2: Well, so I think another mistake that happens, a very critical one, and I talk about this uh is like kind of the foundation work when it comes to building a business, is making sure that you have the right client in front of you. Chasing work just for work's sake and trying to just close the client, that's when we end up working with people we don't like. And so I think that's another huge mistake is that we see we start getting, shall so we call it, desperate for work. And so we start taking lower and lower value clients or lower and lower price sensitive clients. And so, you know, having that conversation, if you're in the conversation, sales conversation with someone and you're just you're trying to you're trying to um determine or you're trying to sell them, let's call that. You're trying to sell them. If you're so focused on selling them, you're never going to take a step back and actually go, this is actually me being curious. Whenever I talk to a potential client or person to work with, I'm curious. I'm curious to see if they're the right fit for me. It levels the playing field. I'm no longer trying to get their business. They're actually auditioning to whether or not they can work with me. It's an empowering stance because it's now an even plan. We're not, I'm no better, no worse. We're just figuring out if we're going to be a fit to each other. So I think that's a huge mistake is that if we're always focused on the selling, we're never stopping to think, is this really a good fit for me? Is this person going to be a right fit for my business? And then we naturally, if we don't do that, we naturally end up working with people that suck. <laughs> right? Yeah. No wonder. No wonder we don't want to work with clients. <laughs> no wonder. Yeah. No wonder. Well, I wonder where that problem came in. Well, it's because you're, you're working with clients that, that uh, are not fun to work with. Right. And so if they don't, if they're a client that just doesn't understand and they don't care and they're just. It's just price, 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 price. And there are certain people like that. There's some people that are just, it's just price, 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 price. That's all they care. Well, if they're only cared about price, should you really be working with them? My answer would be no. Like they're going to go to the next cheapest person. Right. And so, but it becomes very empowering once you get to a point where you start being curious. Say, are they, are they a fit? Do they care about this? You know, yeah. I, I, uh, so when it comes to selling, that's why I have, I think, Uh, Kerry, you were you were seeing that i uh i had a couple videos on that i said never sell was a couple of the videos that i had on it just never sell and i do that i'm i'm always like no don't sell i'm not i will not be selling i'm not selling i'm providing an opportunity for someone to work with me if they're the right fit for me and for them
1: yeah So, Eric, I want to change our conversation a little bit and uh, go back to what we teased in the intro, and that is your launch. Uh, You've talked about how you learned from Jeff, uh, you know, how to create a product and how to launch it. And one of the things that you shared at LaunchCon was how poorly your launch went. And this is a problem that I think a lot of copywriters deal with working with clients and, and you know, either the launch fails or it doesn't go as well as they thought it would or even as well as they promised. Will you talk about your launch and then uh, the echo that came after that? Yeah, of course. I'm happy to
2: share one of the things that I do that suck. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, if you can't, like, I mean, let's be serious here. We're either having fun or we're not. And if you're if you're in business and you're an entrepreneur, you're self-employed, you're going to have things go sad, sideways. They're going to suck. And there's, that's just how it works, right? There's seasons. We have four seasons. There's going to be seasons in the business. So all, there's always going to be ups and downs, and, and you got to have a thick skin to be, a, to be an entrepreneur, um, or you're going you're, you're gonna to learn to get one pretty quick. <laughs> um, in the case of my launches, yeah, they suck. They, 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 <laughs> they, they are all underwater. Like I have, you know, I could create all sorts of, you know, I could say there's, this is the reason why this happened. This is why that happened. Well, let's just be honest with it. It just, they've sucked because I've spent a ton of money on advertising and put a bunch of people in the leads. I have a low list. I, the conversion was low or the enrollment was low. And then when I looked at the numbers, I'm like, I'm underwater on the launches and so my first launch, I went out there with an idea of going, well, let's see if the accountants want, want this solution. Cause I mean, you can imagine accountants have been doing the same, doing business the same way for centuries and centuries and centuries for, so for me to come and tell them, Hey, here's a new model. Here's a new way of billing your clients. That's not on a billable hour. They, they either pull a rain man in the corner, you know, going, Oh no, no, we can't, we can't do that. <laughs> definitely, definitely can't do that. Right. I'm have, I'm kind of fighting fighting a trend here. I I thought okay, well, let's test it. So I did a seed launch and the seed launch sucked. And so I got, you know, very small sales, uh very small list. But then what happened was I had what Jeff refers to as a launch echo. And so what happened was, is as a result of me doing videos on a regular basis, as a result of me actually launching this idea and putting it out there and doing a seed launch, I had a bunch of people kind of notice me and say, Hey, Eric, we'd like to talk to you about this. And I was like, okay, but why didn't you buy my online course? And they were like, oh, no, 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 we don't want that. We don't care about that. We want to talk to you about working with you. And I was like, oh, okay. Because they saw me now as an, as a as an expert, I had authority because I launched and I went out there. And so I closed a bunch of one-on-one coaching clients, which is something I never thought I was going to do when I went into this online world. I went, well, no, I'm supposed to be sitting on a beach, sipping Mai Tais with my computer beside me and making millions of dollars every month. Like, isn't that what online business is? (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) what I've been promised.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's the dream, right? That's what I see all the time. It's like, hey, look at my Lamborghini that I made off my last launch, and I'm going to go, (laughs) you know. And so, um, but then here I was having people saying, like, real people wanting to have real conversations and actually me work with them one on one. And I was like, reluctantly, like, oh, okay, well, all right. And next thing I know, now I have more, uh, and, and I've done a bunch of launches. I did two other launches after the seed launch. The first launch, I, i i bailed from like i basically it i yeah i basically jettisoned it half near the end i don't know what happened but it was just so horrifically offside that i decided i didn't want to lose any more money and um and but i have a i have like a one-on-one coaching business now which is you know i've i've created an online program and i have a program that i'm trying to sell online and it's not selling very well and every time i do a launch i'm well underwater but the more i do it the more i get out there. The more I see, I'm seen as an authority, I'm getting more and more accountants wanting to work with me one-on-one. And so what I've done from my model standpoint is because I have, I'm doing the one-on-one work, I'm charging accordingly. So I'm, I'm doing the 10, 10, 10 model, or in some cases, and I shared, I'm doing 20, 15, 10. And so that I'm building a business that is making me good revenues, but I'm not sitting on a beach sipping my ties yet. <laughs> yet right maybe maybe they will never maybe it'll never get to that but but for now um even though my launches are sucking and so for so let's turn turn around to your audience here say you have a client and they, they their launch doesn't go well there's still an opportunity for them to maybe reach out and do some work one-on-one with some of these people that have been following them and then they've built authority with maybe there's a different
1: solution they can provide them Yeah. maybe they I think you know, there's a lesson here um, because I, we get caught up in the launch and the business isn't about the launch. The launch is a tactic mm-hmm. that we use to support the business. And and, and that, I think that's what really intrigued me when you shared your story. It was one of those things is like, yeah, we do get caught up. We compare ourselves. We see other launches going well. And if our launch fails, we must be failing. And the fact of the matter is the launch echo that, that comes after can be far more powerful than what you would have gotten with the launch in the first place.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I liked that You brought that up. I remember saying that on stages, I said, a launch is part of your tool belt. It's part of the toolkit. It's one of the marketing approaches that you're going to use for your business. But if that is, so for me, it's, that was a way of testing the market and getting out there and building authority and all the rest of that, that is one of the marketing tools, but that's not my whole business like doing a launch is not like the thing the i think the only person on the face of the planet that makes their life livelihood out of launches is jeff walker because he teaches launches like think about that his launches are teaching about launches so he does a launch once a year and he does it very well but if you also look inside deeper inside his model he's got a coaching program it's not just about the revenue model from the launch he's got multiple layers in his business that's not the launches are just one part of his business so he's got launch club underneath that or launch club goes then the next level which is which is the group that i'm in the launch club uh group and then he's got a platinum plus mastermind which is like for the the i call it the big kids table right <laughs> so there's this big kids table up there which is uh 50 of the top uh internet marketers and business owners and even some of them that are in Platinum Plus, they'd actually have never launched before.
0: So, Eric, I know we're almost out of time, and I want to ask you my final question. Yeah, um, you can interpret it however you'd like. But what's the biggest "quote unquote" game changer in your business? What it has what has it been? And can you answer it with your best radio voice? <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear your radio voice again.
2: It was yeah. So that was a. Yeah, I'm a bit of a dichotomy in this where, where I I'm a, <laughs> I was a professional accountant for 26 years, but I also play in a heavy metal band and just love being <laughs> performing on stage. So uh, when we got on, I was like, but wait, there's more. If you order right now, you get this great pairing knife plus skin suit knife set. Anyways, um, so in my best announcer, I, the game changer, expect the unexpected. <laughs> that would be the biggest game changer for me. It's like expecting the unexpected. So in other words, I went into this online world thinking that, you know, I had these dreams and aspirations. Like I said, sitting on a beach with my computer, you know, making a whole bunch of money, not having to talk to people. (laughs) Right. And all of a sudden now, instead, I've got a business that has turned into a coaching program. I've written a book. I've got an online, you know, nine module online video program. Um, that it's not, it's not the way I expected it to look. So the biggest game changer for me was, was accepting um, that I don't know what's coming. Like just being okay with when the new thing shows up going, whoa, okay, well, maybe this is the way I should go, right? Instead of being set in my ways and just like, imagine if I just kept pounding at, at launches like crazy and I didn't accept those one-on-one coaching clients, I would have been out of business a
1: long time ago. Yeah, I think that's a, a hugely valuable lesson. And along with all of the other stuff that we've talked about, maybe that's a great place to finish up. I just see so many parallels between what you've done in your business in accounting and the kinds of things that we see copywriters dealing with all the time. And in fact, the kinds of things that Kira and I have dealt with in our own business as we've tried to shift away from you know hourly pricing to value-based and creating the kinds of things that our customers and our clients want. So this has just been a a hugely valuable um, interview, Eric, and I want to thank you for coming on. If people want to connect with you or even want to learn about the things that you've done in your business, you know, work with an accountant, I know you're in Canada. So Canadians looking for, for an accountant, or, you know, maybe just want to touch base, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you?
2: Yeah. Um, it's uh, ericsolbackandcpa.com. Um, and it's also the accountantsuccessformula.com will take you uh, to my website too. So ericsolbackandcpa.com or accountantsuccessformula.com. And I work with accountants in Canada and the US and all over the world. See, this is a thing for me. It's not about the accounting and the tax. It's about the business model. And, and, and again, it becomes um, this, this model that I've built for accountants is specifically for them, but it's, applicable to any service-based business. So um, copywriters, any service-based business, it, 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 the model is applicable. It's about building a business that you love and that, that loves you back. We can all use a
1: little more of that.
0: Yeah. A lot more love. Uh, thank you, Eric, especially for really taking your lessons and um, sharing them with copywriters and applying this to copywriting. We appreciate your time and joining us today. Thank you.
2: Oh, thank It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: You've been listening to the Copywriter Club podcast with Kira Hugg and Rob Marsh. Music for the show is a clip from Gravity by Whitest Boy Alive, available in iTunes. If you like what you've heard, you can help us spread the word by subscribing in iTunes and by leaving a review. For show notes, a full transcript, and links to our free Facebook community, visit thecopyrighterclub.com. We'll see you next episode.